At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. You guys, welcome back to another episode of Infertility and Me Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for letting me be a part of your freaking day, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if this is your first time being here, welcome, welcome, welcome to the shit show that is in freaking fertility. You guys, make sure you're following on Instagram, Infertility and Me Podcast. Make sure you join the free Discord chat community. You don't want to miss out on being in the coolest place on the interwebs, centered around all things trying to conceive, healing from loss, navigating IVF and fertility treatments, and whatever else you're going through in your family to building. Okay? Join the Discord chat community. And you can only do so by clicking the link in today's episode notes or details within the podcast app that you're using and or on YouTube. That is our link to join the community, okay? I will be moderating everything, so you will not have to worry about there being any predatory type of people in that chat. I will be heavily monitoring it. Very many notifications come to my phone, but you best believe I got the notifications on for everything that goes on in that Discord chat app because I will not freaking have it. But anyway, other than that, it's a fantabulous fucking place to be, you guys, and you better freaking join today and get you some of this community over here in Fertility and Me community chat on Discord. Anyway, today friends, our guest is April Eveling. You can find April on Instagram and all the other platforms at April Sings A Lot. Okay, she has a beautiful, beautiful voice. But April today shares with us her story to momhood and she serves the community by using the methodology of tapping which is just like acupuncture in that it activates and awakens pressure points for helping us to cope, heal, and or get through whatever it is that our body needs in that moment. And so not only does she share with us that gift, but she also shares with us her story to momhood and how her and her spouse navigated that very, very arduous path as we all know it. We'll be back in just a second, you guys, with April... And we're back, you guys, with our girl April on the show. Thank you, April, so very much for coming on and giving us your time this evening. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. So, April, you and hubby have been together for a long time. And so how did you guys meet? How did that all play out? Well, we actually went to the same high school, but I'm always very careful to say we were not high school sweethearts. We just knew each other in high school. And then we went to the same college. And as happens, you know, we kind of gravitate, you gravitate to the people you know when you get to college. And so we kind of were just like, hey, if I needed a date for something, he would be my date or vice versa. You know, like, hey, there's an award ceremony, free food. Do you want to come? Like that kind of thing. And so we just, we had a lot of friends in common and we hung out a lot. 
kind of dated here and there, but just nothing serious. He had a relationship with somebody that kind of looked like it might go somewhere and then didn't. I had a relationship that just didn't work out. So senior year, right when like everybody's about to go off and do whatever they're going to do, that's when we started getting serious. <laughs> like right when it was sort of like yeah. least convenient. We're about to like, uh, I told him that I was joining the military, like in the cafeteria at the college. <laughs> so we, we'd been dating for a few months and then, you know, you've got to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And I joined the Navy as a singer and it was a great opportunity. So I wasn't about to turn that down. And so I was like, well, you know, this has been great, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And he said the sweetest thing to me. He said, I've waited a long time for you and I'll just, I'll just keep waiting. And I was like, okay. I really thought, you know, we, we, we would just sort of go our separate ways, but it was like, was like, nope, this is it. And so we did the long distance thing for a little while and we let all of our friends get married first and like, let them try that out. <laughs> see <laughs> see that. how let's it works. Let them try it out first. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So we were like in our friend group, we've always been the, like the, the late bloomers. <laughs> like okay. Everybody else got married Aww. and then got out of the military after four years and then we got married. So we were like, you know, later, quote unquote, later to get married. And then, of course, we didn't want to try right away to have kids. We want to have some time just to like work out the kinks of being married, which was challenging at first. Yeah, those first five years are hard. Right? Oh, my gosh. Especially when you've been doing long distance, so you're just not used to seeing each other all the time. Exactly. In the physical spaces. So when you have to live with somebody, mm -mm -mm. yes. And I also, I mean, this is a total side note, but I also always advise never move into their space. Like if you're going to like get married or move into something, like move in both of you at the same time to the same place, because that was, that made it so much worse. It's like an invasion. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like mean, an invasion. We, they don't intentionally feel that way. It just happens to be that's how you feel like, get off my stuff, okay? <laughs> yeah. Right. And we'd been married about six years when we thought, you know, actually, just again, we let all our friends do it first, right? So all of our friends had their first kids. They seemed to be doing fine. And then they started having their second kids. And right around when everybody started getting pregnant with their second kids, I was like, yeah, maybe it's not like maybe it's something we should try. <laughs> Definitely, like I had always thought that my best friend and I would be pregnant together, and you know, we'd like share maternity clothes, you know, those little stories you tell yourself about how it's gonna go. And then all of a sudden, like they were done and we hadn't even started yet. And we were like, oh, shoot, okay, well, like let's catch up, right? So we started trying and we found out pretty quickly, like within that first year of trying that we it just wasn't going to happen and i realize now how fortunate we were to find out so quickly because so many people like struggle for so many years and then maybe never even get a diagnosis we are very fortunate that it was sort of at least we knew how old were you at this time 30 29 30 that just kind of stopped us in our tracks cuz like i said i mean we had waited a while to even start trying. So then we were like, do we really want this? Like you kind of have to reevaluate. Is it something that we, you know, it would have to be an adoption of some sort. So do we want it that bad? Is it something that we're comfortable with? Cause that's, 
the adoption conversation is a whole different conversation than than having a, a like just getting pregnant and having a baby. I remember like describing it to my husband like I just climbed this big mountain to get to the point where I wanted to get pregnant and, and be a mom. That was like a big mountain to climb and I got there. And now now you're telling me there's another like a big fucking mountain I got to get to the top of? Like yep. no, I'm tired. I just mm-hmm. got to the top of this mountain. Like Ugh. So, so we went to counseling, which I highly recommend couples counseling because threw everything in our life out of whack because we were, it wasn't happening the way we pictured it. And now everybody else that we know has multiple children. And so what are we going to do? The more we talked about it and the more we went to counseling, we just realized we really, really want to be parents. You know, we talk, we like kind of projected down the down the road like 10 years 20 years like what do we want our life to look like and I was like man I just can't imagine not having like a a family like you know kids that come back from college and you know bring all their dirty laundry and all of that stuff then adoption is the path that we needed to go down and I found out about embryo adoption and that was so exciting it was like it, it just clicked Everything just clicked because while we weren't able to get pregnant, I could be pregnant. And then we also got the wonderful experience of adoption, which is amazing. But it's also the complication of both worlds because you have all the paperwork and the home studies and everything that comes along with adoption. And you have all the medicine and the doctor's visits and everything that comes with uh, fertility treatment. So it is an incredible blessing, but it's also, it's, it's just a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I want to go back for a second to when sure. you guys were trying to conceive. And so mm-hmm. you said that it was a very fast process for you guys and finding out that it just was not going to happen for you the way you envisioned, the way you thought that it was going to, the way you thought that a woman should be able to get pregnant and all those right, things. Right. And so briefly, what was the ultimate diagnosis of this situ- of you guys' situation? Well, we just don't have the ingredients to make a baby. <laughs> and that's what I have just told people because I, I don't like to place blame. That's the sort of, you know, one of the weird questions I would get would be like, whose fault is it? And I would be like, eh. It's the, it's not who, about whose fault it is. It's just like the two of us together are a team and right. we don't have the ingredients together to, to make a baby. And yeah, so I, yeah. I just kind of describe it that way. Yeah, I understand. So that's usually how I find a lot of older people will ask about it. Yeah. Like yeah. my grandmother, when she was still living, it was kind of like that same kind of verbiage, very similar to that. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah. We are embarking on this embryo adoption journey then. Yeah. And so were you always that elated and excited to move into it or what did it take some time for you to wrap your mind around it? It definitely took some time and keep going back to the counseling piece, but that was just a huge, huge help for us. Originally, when we got the infertility diagnosis, we got a counselor and, and started going. It just wasn't a great fit. Like I was comfortable talking to the person, but my husband wasn't. And my husband would say when we would leave, like he said to me, you took up all the room. Like you said all the things and I didn't have time to talk. And I was like, okay. So then I put it to him. Like now you find us someone, right? So it's just, you find someone. And so he found a a counselor and I was very 
intentional in our first meeting with this counselor, I did not say a word. I was like, you told me I took up all the room in the other place. I'm not taking up any room. (laughs) I'm going to be here. And I'm going to let you do the whole like introduction, tell them how we met, you know, tell them everything. And it was lovely to hear my husband sort of talk about our situation in his own words. I hadn't realized that I really had been sort of like taking the lead and talking about it. And it really hadn't given him a lot of time to process how he was feeling. It was very important that we find a counselor that we were both comfortable talking in front of. And that's what made all the difference, really. We can all relate to that, us women. I think uh, we all do that in some kind of way because I just feel like in the baby making steps or to becoming parents, mothers have this number one nurturing ability. And then number two, this very, very deep passion and drive to be the mom and to be a mother and to show your your spouse that you can do this and you can give them this, this gift of fatherhood too. Right. And so I feel like we just get so passionate and fire driven behind making all of that happen. I feel like this is the one thing that we really like to take the lead on. And so we Mm -hmm. do take up a lot of the space in terms of talking about it. And if somebody asks a question and your spouse is looking at you and you're looking at them and they're not talking fast enough and you're just like, okay, well, this is what happened. (laughs) And then we just go on and it just shoots off like a rocket ship, right? Oh man, I resonate with that. I never thought about it like that. That's a good point. That's a really great point. Wow. So once you guys got to the point of being comfortable and and finding some healing together and individually and as a couple, that takes a lot of work. (laughs) Kudos to you guys. What did the next steps look like for you in finding an agency to work with? I did some calling around to adoption agencies. So embryo adoption is a fairly new option, but there are also many, many agencies that offer that as an option. And so I always encourage people to, to do your research and, and talk to these people to see like if you're comfortable with the organization, whoever you end up using. Because if you end up with, like we chose to do a semi-open adoption where potentially our son will have a relationship with his biological siblings in these other families, you're going to have an ongoing relationship with that adoption agency because all communication is going to go through them, at least for a while. That's really important to establish. Like, Not only are you going to have a forever relationship with the biological family that you're adopting from, but also with the agency that you used to get there. So that's an important thing to consider. And one of the things that I was looking for when I started looking into adoption agencies was my husband is, I like to say he's a giant. He is six foot seven. He's, he's very, very tall. And everyone in his family is very, very tall. And so I just wanted our child or children to have the chance to be tall, right? I mean, I realize you can't guarantee anything, but I just wanted them to at least have the genetic, like a, a chance to be tall, right? And so that's what was sort of like my trial question when I would talk with these adoption agencies, I would just say, you know, my husband is very tall, comes from a very tall family, and we would just be interested, if possible, to be matched with a family who, you know, has like a similar height. Many of the agencies, many of them would say something along the lines of beggars can't be choosers. You'll, You'll get what you get. 
And that was just not, that didn't resonate with me. And we did find an agency that was very like, I, I just, again, it was sort of clicked, right? I just, when I talked to them and I always like, I really, there's a great way to do digital communication, but there's something about a phone conversation or like, like we're doing like something over a video where you get a better feeling of, are we on the same page? Are we really like, do you understand our priorities and, and stuff like that? And this agency, I really felt like they understood and were very accommodating. Like not just, okay, we'll do it because you asked, but like, no, no, that totally makes sense. You know, just, just really on the same page. And so I, I was, I was pleased with that. And then in moving forward with that adoption agency, we made our, I call it our book of how great we are. <laughs> Don't you want us to have your baby? <laughs> so yes. you, I'm sure other people have talked about this process of like, it's so uncomfortable. You just, you know, gather all these pictures of what your family is like and your friends and, you know, your faith and, and you know, what's important to you and things like that. So we did that. and It's like the e-harmony of trying to conceive. Yes, <laughs> yes that's exactly what it is. And so you got to do the same thing for your baby, your future baby, you know, got to. Yeah, that's, I ju- I've described it before as match.com. It's like <laughs> yes, that's another good one for babies. Yes. <laughs> so we made our book and the adoption agency sent it to a couple and, and then they told, they told us that just sort of like sent an email saying, Hey, we sent your, your profile off to a, to a family to be considered. And then that family didn't pick us. And so that was quite a blow. Right. And I was really sad. And after about a week, I emailed the the adoption agency back. And I just said, you know what? You have a very hard job. And I really appreciate that you're doing your best. And so we'll we'll just keep praying and keep believing that that the, the family that we're meant to be matched with is still out there. And I got a response immediately. And the adoption agency said, hey, actually, we just sent your profile off again to another family. So we'll let you know, like fingers crossed. <laughs> well, that family came back almost immediately and said, oh, they, they look great. We would love for them to have our embryos. And they had six embryos, which is a lot. We were so excited. The, the adoption agency that we used is on the West Coast. The embryos were stored on the East Coast. The couple that we were matched with is in the UK. And we are in New Orleans. <laughs> so we I'm were sure literally finding back again, all I'm over sure. the map, literally all <laughs> over the map. Um, and so the embryos had to be delivered. They they made a little trip from Boston uh, here to the clinic we were using in New Orleans, and and we started that process of getting my body ready for a transfer. The first couple of cycles, it would be like. My body was looking good. It was looking good. It was looking good. And then like three or four days before transfer, we would get fluid pockets or something wouldn't be right with the lining or it was just like, it was getting real discouraging. And so we actually started using less and less of the medicines just to sort of let my body, like, let's just see what my body does on its own without all this help. I I did much better just sort of with, with as little help as possible. And we did our first transfer and we like every, not everybody knew, but like all of our family knew, all of our friends knew we did that first transfer and it didn't take, we were devastated. I, I 
just texted everybody. I didn't even want to talk. It was like, you know, straight to bed. Don't, I just don't want to see anybody. When we went and met with the fertility doctor after that, he was like, you know, we did everything right. You did everything right. There was nothing like nobody did anything wrong. It just sometimes it just doesn't work. And so um, I had an opportunity to go to this like music training that was out of state and we were going to maybe turn it into a road trip. My husband was going to come and, and that's what the fertility doctor said. He was like, you need a break. Just get out of here, go like have some fun and then come back and we'll start again. And then when we came back, we did a transfer and didn't tell anybody. And that one worked. (laughs) While it is wonderful to have all the love and support and, and cheerleading from everybody in your life, you just listen to your instincts. And sometimes it might be better to just keep it a secret and let it just be you and your partner. That was really fun because then we got to surprise everybody. Well, I'm so glad everything ended up working out for you guys and that you yeah. were matched because it sounds like a very arduous and tedious process in having to go through. I know I remember one other guest who has talked about egg donation a year ago, and she said that it was like building a baby because you go through like eye color, hair color, complexion, skin tone, like education level, so many different intricacies to finding your ideal donor family, right? Wow, mm-hmm. what a process. So we, we have our son, Henry, who just turned four. And my husband and I went through a little bit of that same process of, do we want to do another one or not? Like, do we want to have another one or not? So we, like I mentioned, we got six embryos, which was amazing. We had one that was not successful. And then we had Henry, our son. And then there were four embryos. And, you know, we kind of started with the pandemic. And so things just weren't ideal for anybody. (laughs) Um, And my husband and I talked about it. And we said, you know, we are at that point in our lives where if we were able to have kids the quote unquote normal way or the regular way, we would be one of those couples that would say, we're not really trying, but we're not really preventing. Like that would be kind of like our, what our attitude was. But of course, that's not our situation, right? So we decided our version of that would be, we're going to do one more transfer. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, also great. Like we're really happy either way. We did our transfer, gave it the best chance we could. My body didn't say no. It said Hell no. <laughs> like we like those was, large, those big long hell no's. It was so <laughs> obvious. I had oh, an allergic wow. I had an allergic reaction to something that was in the progesterone, like the wow. whatever they mixed the progesterone with. And I yes. had full body hives, head to toe wow. hives. You like and it was like and I've heard that from this <gasps> year. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was a nightmare. It Another was a guest nightmare. was was on um, and that episode was about medical red flags, and she Ooh, had the same experience yeah. from head to toe. I couldn't. Mm. Wow, yeah. the rejection yeah. of it. Wow. I mean, it was the answer that we needed, right? It, there, there was no ambiguity there. It was like, nope, just not supposed to happen. And so we really felt good about it because that meant there were three embryos that now could be adopted to another family. And so actually, another family has adopted those three embryos. And there's another little baby. 
already. Like they already had a transfer and they've now had a successful birth. And so it's great. I've been so excited to see all the baby pictures and sort of like, you know, I don't have to get up and do the midnight feedings, but I still get to see all the cute pictures. <laughs> you're like an auntie or, or yes, yeah, you're like an auntie yes, of it. Yes. You can yes. watch and play and give it right on back. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a unique situation for sure, but it's one that I, we've been very blessed to feel like it belongs. Like, like this, this is the way it's always supposed to have been. So you were telling us about during your healing journey that you began to go to these classes yeah, and giving different various techniques for um, calming the body, right? And so tell us a yeah. little bit more about that because that's now a service you offer. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> I, so I'm a singer. That's what, that's what my degree was in. And then that's what I did in the Navy. And then I was the music director at our church. And so, you know, music has always been a, a major part of how I would self-soothe and, and then would help others through, through song. And then I discovered tapping or emotional freedom technique a few years ago. And I started incorporating tapping with singing as a way to, I call it a shortcut to calm, because we, we all know those times when you sort of get like either clenched, like we were talking about earlier with like the, you know, all the shots and the schedules and the, you know, the appointments and everything. Like I just, I always picture it like my hands are like fists, you know, and we need something just to like snap us out of it to help calm us down. That tapping is really helpful for that. And then incorporating it with singing Singing allows us to raise our vibrational energy and tapping allows us to release any stuck energy. I offer it to audiences that include like meditation audiences mostly, but I really feel like in this space in particular, it would be helpful because so many times when you're faced with like a diagnosis or a, an appointment where you're like, wait a minute, what? I was not prepared for that. So to have this sort of tool for your toolbox is I, I would love to share that. What I noticed about the tapping aspect of it, it kind of reminds me of acupuncture in a way. You're yes, specifically it is. stimulating that one part of the body and being really intentional about it, right? That's the power mm -hmm. behind it, the intention. Yeah, so I really like that mm -hmm. aspect of it and, and see how it could be very, very, very effective if you're open-minded enough to it, right? Yes, yes, yeah. You're, you hit the nail on the head with the acupuncture acupuncture piece because it uses the principles of acupressure and you just tap on the meridian lines of your, of your body. And so literally healing can be at your fingertips and on the tip of your tongue. Like you don't need any ex extra, not another doctor's appointment, not another piece of equipment. Like you really and truly have everything you need. How can we find you online and get access to you more? Where can we find you? Oh, thank you for asking. I am I am April Sings a Lot in all the places on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. I also teach on Insight Timer. So I'm not sure mm -hmm. if, if your audience is familiar, but that's a, a free Insight meditation Timer. app and it's a yes, it's a great resource. So I am I am April Sings a Lot there as well. And then I have a resource that I created for, for this audience that particularly addresses the, the infertility struggle. And so that's at aprilsingsalot.com slash infertility. Thank you for creating that too. Yes. Thank you for creating that for us too as well. I yeah, appreciate absolutely. for doing that. You didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I know our friends listening today will appreciate it as well. And April, if there's a last word for the community you would give them today, 
what would that be? You know, I talked a lot about that imagery of, of the clenched fists. And for me, the big change happened when I let go. And I just let it happen. Like, not on the timeline that I wanted, not in the quote-unquote regular way that I thought it was supposed to happen. You know, when I just embraced the crazy chaos of however it was going to be, was going to be, I, I realized that is way easier said than done. But if, if you could just let go a little bit. I feel like I needed that reminder today too. Let go of the things that we can't control, right? Mm. Just let it be. It's so very difficult. It's so on this hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you for that. Uh, April and thank you for that reminder. It's a hard reminder but a necessary one and thank you friends for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me. You guys know where to find me. Infertility and Me podcast on Instagram and don't forget to join our private community as well. Peace and blessings. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.